I know Florida Gators fans have been uh, a bit upset with some things over the past few months, but I will say this. Billy Napier, damn good football coach. We're going to talk about why here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Twitter is WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online is where the game starts. We're getting right into it today. Um, Billy Napier is a damn good football coach. There's no other way to put that. Like, that, that that's what he is. Um, I spoke about this a little bit yesterday, but this Florida Gators team has improved significantly this season. I think that one thing you can kind of say is, yeah, the Utah game was a bit of a ceiling thing for Florida where they they played well above their weight class they punched well above their weight class and they they looked good while doing it they did um and, and kind of coming out the gate like that just set unreasonable expectations afterwards which is fair it's understandable because there was a ton of hype around the program going into the year you go week one Utah rocking crowd Anthony Richardson plays well he has the Heisman moment with the the fake jump pass and the spin and then hitting in the corner of the end zone. It was just an insane situation that was so cool. Um, And then it kind of came back down to earth against Kentucky and South Florida. And then I was like, okay, things are looking bleak now. But throughout this season, the Florida Gators coaching staff on offense and on defense, and I'm not just talking about Billy Napier as the offensive play caller and head coach and Rob Sale as the offensive coordinator and Patrick Tony as a defensive play caller and co-defensive coordinator or Sean Spencer as the other co-defensive coordinator and not talking about just Corey Raymond, Mike Peterson. Um, I'm I'm not just talking about Ryan O'Hara, anybody. (laughs) I'm talking about everyone here. They've made significant improvements. And I really genuinely like how Game plan wise, not just play calling wise, but game plan wise, they kind of took a step back where they started hot, things looked great, and and then kind of stumbled a little bit. They took a step back, both sides on offense and defense. They've introduced new concepts and new approaches to things and in, in game. Um, they removed things that weren't working or at least limited themselves from doing those things that weren't working. Then you look at how they kind of have been learning on the go, which is obviously what you kind of hope they do because you don't want them to just go, well, we're going to stick with the same thing. I've been saying for a while, I think one of the important things to take a look at when you're talking about this coaching staff and how they're approaching the season, you are not going to see this insane drastic change where you're not going to go okay we want to play zone a lot this year 
it's not working. We're just going to go completely mad 100% of the time. Like, you're not going to see a drastic change like that. You're not going to see them go Illinois and call cover one every single play. That's not going to be the thing. You're not going to see a team go where I, I know after the USF game, I jokingly was like, hey, maybe Florida should just go option offense because Anthony Richardson can't throw the ball. They're not going to do that. They're not just going to make a drastic change like that unless it was something like bunch of injuries to quarterback. We got to roll with a receiver like a, Kentucky did a few years ago with Lynn Bowden Jr. You're not going to see that. But offensively, you've seen things kind of shift where Ricky Pearsall has been used as the motion man quite a bit in the past couple weeks where it was mainly Xavier Henderson and those plays were not working. Also, actually handing the ball to the motion man, whether it's a handoff or a jet touch pass, I don't care, but just handing the ball to the motion man and making defenses rely on – and making defenses – um respond to that and have to actually respect it. Anthony Richardson getting more and more involved in the run game. It worked against Utah, and then they kind of shied away from it, and then they've gone back to it recently where you saw, you know, split zone read, which everybody knows I love. Um, You saw split zone read go for a 60-yard touchdown this week. Seeing things like that feeding Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne when Naquan Wright wasn't getting the job done. I understand there's been some off-field stuff with Naquan, and that's part of the reason that he's kind of taken a step back as well. But either way, production-wise, Montrell and Trevor Etienne have been the guy. Um, so that's why Naquan kind of fell out with production and then off-field stuff and, and, and just things like that. Where I will say, I, I don't know how bad any of the stuff, I know there's rumors, I don't know how bad any of it is. I don't think it's too bad, but yeah, we'll... we'll, we'll just say that. We'll just leave it there. Um, defensively, less zone, more man. That's been great, working great. More blitzes have been working a ton. More rotations to let starters have energy later in the games. Because for the first few weeks, the second half of games, especially running the ball for the opposing offense, running the ball has been the key for them. The, the first few weeks. Because... You had Ventrell Miller, Javon Dexter, Brenton Cox Jr., Desmond Watson. Like, like you had a bunch of people playing snaps that they shouldn't have been playing because they weren't rotating enough. And later in the games, they were just getting completely pummeled. No other way to put it. They were getting pummeled. You've seen those changes where now you got more rotations and deeper rotations of players actually coming in and contributing. And yes, I mentioned this. I think I mentioned it yesterday. Uh, might have been in the post game on. Saturday, but seeing the the strides that guys have made, like like a lot of these guys that are seeing more snaps, they couldn't have played this many snaps early in the year because they wouldn't have been good enough to. But they've made progress, they've developed, and now it's like okay, well now we can rotate you in because you can be at least a little bit reliable for us, and that's important. Also, I think maybe the biggest indicator that Billy Napier is a damn good football coach. This team has no quit in them. Like, literally, not a single ounce of quit in them. And they have consistently shown that. You look at so many moments this season where Florida could have just been like, damn it, okay, like, like on to the next one, and that hasn't happened. This team's bought in. You're going to see transfers, which we'll talk about later. You're going to see transfers. That's fine. You want those transfers because you don't want people who aren't bought into the program, bought into the philosophy, brought into or bought into the coaching staff. But the guys that are playing here are. 
You look at that Georgia game, 28 to three at halftime against the number, I mean, three or one, depending on how you're looking at it, but now going to be number one team in the country. And Florida came back 28-20. Yeah, they ended up losing bad, 42-20. But that, not a single ounce of quit in them. The LSU game really got away from them. And then again, not a single ounce of quit. Tennessee, not a single ounce of quit. They took that one down from, oh, this is hard to watch, to, damn, we had a Hail Mary attempt at the end of the game that would have won it. This is a team that has no quit in them. Billy Napier has them fighting. And Billy Napier, I mean, he mentioned in the press conference where he was like, yeah, like that's like that camaraderie, that brotherhood. That's been something he's been saying since he got here. Because Billy Napier's been saying, since he got here, I want to get these guys to... I, I, like, I don't care about if you hate the other people in, across from you. I care about that you love the people behind you because you will fight harder for the people behind you if you love the people behind you as opposed to just... I hate that team against me. I'm going to fight them. And you see that. This is a team that is bought in. This is a coach that has got his players bought in, that has made significant improvements on offense and defense. Billy Napier is a damn good football coach. And I am so happy that he is with the Florida Gators because, man, when they get going, they're going to get going. We're about to take a little bit of a look at Anthony Richardson because the talk about him is still, will he enter the NFL draft? We'll, we'll, we'll take a look at the arguments for and the arguments against. But first, a quick word from our friends over at Nissan, because this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. And when I'm talking about unbelievable abilities, unreal thrilling moments, this week's thrilling moment, Anthony Richardson, 61 yards to the house on, like I mentioned, split zone read. The best concept in football. Argue with a brick wall. I don't care. This segment's been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available to say... Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available every day on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Anthony Richardson time. Yeah, that, that's the thing where NFL draft buzz has been around him for a year. Like, he was the backup. It's been a year. He was the backup. And people were still like, hey, man, like this guy is going to be an early pick when he goes in the draft. And I still think that's true. I do. Um, you saw on Saturday, Damian Parson, I believe, was tweeted like, hey, like pocket presence is incredible. The confidence is incredible. Making the throw is great. Like, like he's an NFL quarterback. I think that's true. I, I will say, yeah, I, I think it's true. Montreal Johnson, yesterday during the Monday press conference for the Gators, uh, Montreal Johnson was the last guy to speak. And, and in the press conference, he was like, hey, you know, we, we need Anthony Richardson to come back for another year. We need him to come back for another year. Then he looks directly into the camera. And he goes, Ant. Um, but you love that. Like, you love that you have it, – it's still three games left, but you have players on your team publicly going, hey, man, like, like come back for another year, run it back, and let's do it again. Um, whether or not he will, I don't know. And, and that's going to be a discussion because until Anthony Richardson comes out and says – I'm entering my name in the 2023 NFL draft. 
or until Anthony Richardson comes out and says, I'm coming back to Gainesville, we're running it back, it's going to be a discussion. And even after he makes that decision, whatever happens, you know, next year, if he succeed, if he goes to the NFL draft and he struggles early or he doesn't play early and he's going to be a red shirt, basically people are going to say, man, you could have been here playing and actually developing and all that stuff. And if he does stay and then he struggles a little bit next year, you're going to hear he, he should have gone to the NFL draft and now he's going to get picked later. Or if he comes here next year and lights it up, you're going to hear, man, imagine if he went in the NFL draft last year and then he was just sitting on the bench like, you wouldn't be seeing him. Um, and so there's always going to be that discussion. My point on Anthony Richardson has not changed. And I don't, I don't think it will. My point is Anthony Richardson, one of the most physically gifted human beings on the planet. I've said it incessantly. People his size don't move the way he moves. And if they do, they can't throw the ball the way he throws the ball. Anthony Richardson is both in a lab. Simple as that. But he has struggled immensely to put it together with any sort of consistency. What we've seen in recent weeks is him making the decision, making the smarter decisions. We've seen growth from Anthony Richardson in the past few weeks. That's that's what's more noteworthy to me is that we've seen growth. Like when you look at the biggest arguments for Anthony Richardson to go to the NFL draft, ceiling limitless. Like you're talking Anthony Richardson's ceiling, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes level. Like that's what you're talking about. NFL teams are going to fall in love with that ceiling. They've shown in recent years, we will buy in on getting a high ceiling player. We'll let you sit for a year. We'll have the, the team developed better around you for next year. You get to learn behind this veteran game manager type who's going to teach you the, the way of the game. Uh, I think that when you look at recent weeks, you've seen Anthony Richardson's willingness to to grow and improve, and he's clearly put in the work to develop there, whether it's throwing the ball away more, just not making riskier throws, uh, trying to make more plays with his legs when it's not there with his arm instead of forcing a throw or anything like that. Like you've seen, Anthony Richardson has developed as a quarterback in front of our eyes, especially again, over the last month, you've seen Anthony Richardson develop right in front of our eyes. That's something that you cannot overlook. Also a big argument for Anthony Richardson to go to the draft. I don't know uh, what, what his NIL deals are like, but I don't think he's making more money than he'd make if he was a even mid to late first round pick in the 2023 NFL draft. And again, a team will be able to immediately invest in his long-term development. Like if a team this year, let's say uh, who's a team that that might take a quarterback in the uh, in the first round of the NFL draft? I, I, just give me a second. I'm looking this up on the fly. That's what I'm doing right now. Um, but a team with a late first round pick that might be looking at him, you can look at you know Seattle. You can look at. You can look at Minnesota, and you can say, hey, man, like, like we could draft you now. Or Denver. Be like, hey, we can draft you now, sit you for a year or two, and then we'll have a team that's better fit towards your skill set, and you could be a freak at the NFL level. You could do that if you go. 
Um, biggest argument for Anthony Richardson to stay. This would be his first time actually having a, an off season as this as the unquestioned starter, having a full off season with two seasons of tape in the same system with development, um, knowing what'll work for Anthony Richardson and Billy Napier. Like we saw, we've seen Billy Napier take steps to improve Anthony Richardson's game in game pl- game calling wise, and and just. Uh, schematically just just figuring out what works with AR you have a full year of that no more of these growing pains Anthony Richardson still very young he's not one of those guys where it's like oh well if he comes back for another year he's gonna be 24 when the draft rolls around I think the 2024 NFL draft he'd be I think 22 still incredibly young the team next year in Gainesville will be better than it is this year talent wise I feel like that's that's like a given um i don't want to say it's it's a guarantee but it's most likely going to be true so you have a better year you can kind of run it back and actually be a contender next year there's all that getting more developments probably the biggest one putting more game tape of you looking confident and you answering more questions about your game major plus will he stay will he go I don't think even Anthony Richardson knows the answer to that question right now, if we're going to be honest. And he shouldn't know the answer to that question. Obviously, it's something that is in his mind where it's like, hey, long-term future, this is my thing. But for now, you've still got to worry about the three games in front of you in a potential bowl game. Just just put up the best film you can and make your decision and get your draft advisory grade and figure it out then. But... I mentioned it earlier. We're about to talk about portal risks because that's a thing here. But first, a quick word from Bet Online because the Florida Gators are currently seven and a half point favorites against the South Carolina Gamecocks this coming Saturday. You know the drill. Florida does not cover when they are favored. Florida does cover when they are underdogs. They're favored, seven and a half point favorites. Probably won't cover because that's what they do. I think they should cover, by the way. I will be upset if they don't cover that spread. They should win by more than a touchdown. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information, whether it's college football, college basketball is back as of yesterday. The NBA is in full swing and, and incredibly profitable. Just saying, just saying. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all of the trends and action. Check out BetOnline. It's where the game starts to wrap up today's show, we're talking about some portal risks in Gainesville. I, and I will say this. This is not me saying I've been told this. This is not me saying this is a rumor I'm hearing from people in the program. It's me looking at playing time. It's me looking at the projected next year roster. I don't want to say incoming players necessarily because, you know, you got the recruiting class you're getting a good feel of most of that recruiting class will probably be in Gainesville next year, but could always be a shocker of someone going psych uh, and, and things like that. Uh, it's also me just kind of seeing the writing on the wall, reading the tea leaves, whatever prediction uh, analogy you want to use there. First one I think is the most obvious one um, that I think a lot of Gators fans are expecting and are anticipating in Trent Whittemore. Um, he, he's the obvious one. Even with Justin Shorter hurt this past week. Actually, let me put it this way. Against Texas A&M on Saturday, six wide receivers for the Florida Gators played 10 or more offensive snaps. Justin Shorter 
was out. So he was not one of them, which basically means your wide receivers two through seven played 10 plus snaps. Trent Woodmore didn't play one offensive snap. That's pretty telling as to where he is on that depth chart. I don't care where his name is. I care about what the films, the depth chart, we all know. Depth chart is a good indicator for who might play snaps, but at receiver, it's not. It is so inconsistent. Trent Widmore didn't play when wide receivers two through seven played 10 or more snaps. That's pretty telling. Um, Creed Widmore, Trent Widmore's little brother, was committed to the Florida Gators, an athlete, QB, turning receiver. Uh, he's playing QB right now, but it's very much a scrambling quarterback type. Um, Creed Whitmore decommitted from Florida, flipped to Mississippi State. And by the way, you, UCF fans, when Creed Whitmore decommitted, and they were like, huh, John Walker was out there recruiting for us. Um, and then he, him not picking UCF was very funny. Uh, but I think a lot of us took Creed Whitmore's decommitment from Florida and said, hey, his older brother Trent hasn't played much. Maybe Trent goes with him. I think a maybe better assumption that we're making, because we don't really know what happened with it, but I think a better assumption would be maybe Trent Whitmore told Creed, hey man, I'm not going to be in Gainesville next year. Like this is bull. I should be playing. I'm not going to be here next year. And so Creed is going elsewhere. It doesn't necessarily mean that Trent will be going to Mississippi State. Um, I would not make that assumption. I will say, I think maybe it's more likely that Trent was like, hey, I'm not going to be here. Do with that with you. Like, if you still want to be teammates, it ain't going to be in Gainesville. And if you only came to Gainesville to be teammates, then it ain't going to happen. Um, I think another one who also has a brother on the team, Ethan Pouncey. This one's different because this one is brothers currently on the field. Uh, Ethan Pouncey, corner. His brother is Jordan Pouncey, receiver. Ethan Pouncey hasn't played this season outside of two snaps on defense versus Eastern Washington and one snap on special teams against Eastern Washington. A lot of defensive backs have played this year for Florida. Um, like the, the, like a lot of defensive backs, a lot of corners have played for Florida. You've got your typical rotation that prior to Devin Moore's injury was Jason Marshall, Avery Helm, Jalen Kimber, uh, Devin Moore and Jaden Hill is now back and likely most of those guys will be back next year. Um, you've, you've seen just a, a ton of rotation at corner and Ethan Pouncey hasn't been one of them as much as that sucks to say, cause I, I was very happy when he committed to Florida and I was very happy when he was coming in. Um, Ethan Pouncey has not been a part of the rotation. And again, as much as that sucks, that is what it is, but it's just the writing seems to be on the wall for him, especially with so many young defensive backs coming in that could play early with returning corners. I think Ethan Pouncey should kind of look at this and say, hey, I can get multiple years of playing time somewhere else. So that's what I'm going to do. And do it. Like, like Here's the thing, too. I think that a lot of people look at look at – uh, transferring out or portaling out, whatever you want to call it, 
as a big negative. I don't think it's the case at all. I don't think it's a negative. I think it's like, hey, like this isn't the spot for you right now, or at least you don't feel like this is a spot for you for your future. This isn't the best decision for you. Then leave. Go ahead. That's that's totally fine. That's my approach to it. Um, that's how I feel about it. Third player and final player that we're going to talk about is Dejon Reynolds, another receiver. It was my least favorite one to put to put on this list, um, just because I think. Dejon Reynolds is pretty dang good. I do like. I think he's got potential, potential. And similar to Trent Whitmore, there have been a lot of receivers rotating in for Florida. He hasn't really been one of them. He's been one of them sometimes. Uh, when you look at just receivers, he is the third, fourth, fifth. 6th, 7th, 8th. He's played the 8th most snaps of receivers. He's played 44 snaps. Trent Whitmore has played 40. Do with that with you will. Um, But I think that Dejon Reynolds is one of those guys that we're going to see transfer out. I think that he is someone who legitimately could contribute immediately for an offense anywhere, really. Um, I think that when Dejon Reynolds has been on the field, I've been impressed with what he's been able to do. Did not play against Texas A&M. Again, six receivers played 10 or more snaps. He was not one of them. A lot of young receivers coming in could push guys like Dejan Reynolds and Trent Whitmore out. I think Dejan Reynolds has great future ahead of him. I think he's a very talented receiver. We'll see what happens with it. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow as we're kind of Turning the page, looking at the depth chart for South Carolina. Hayden Hansen will be here. Second listen, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.